Okay, so welcome back. This is uh, episode four of the Fandom Force podcast, and I am joined by... My name is Megan. I'm a writer for Future of the Force, and you can find me on Twitter at IsWritingTired. And, and this is Caitlin, also writer for Future of the Force, ForceKnowledge.org, and at ForceKnowledge on Twitter. Excellent. Okay, nice to have you guys back again. We are going to uh, start off with some smaller stories this week and then try and get into some some heftier stuff as we go along. So we're going to start off this week um, with some news coming from Indiana Jones. Now, we haven't heard anything for quite a while about the, the fifth installment of the Indi- Indiana Jones franchise. Um, we have, however, found out from Variety this week that... Uh, it's 2020 release date, uh, July 2020 release date, um, won't be met, um, and that John Kazdan is taking over the script. I don't know if you guys are, are fans of the franchise, or, or what What do you think about this, Caitlin? Uh, I absolutely, I, I really like the Indiana Jones movies, I mean, obviously, especially the, the older ones. Um, I, I'm sad that it's not going to hit the, the release date, um, but... I was I was actually surprised that they were doing another one to begin with. Um, I, the last one did pretty well, but I'm honestly surprised that Harrison Ford is still signing on for him just because how many decades have they been on now? And um, I know he said that he's uh, he kind of wants to slow down a little bit uh, from from doing so many uh, high profile movies, but. Um, I'm excited to see what they come up with because they've got to switch writers um, and Spielberg has said that he's busy. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing when they do decide to release it because now it probably won't be in 2020 at all. It will probably be more 21. I completely agree. I, I was surprised that they were going to make it. I The, the fourth one d- did very well commercially, but I think um, it's widely accepted that it's not the best of the franchise. Um, but I think Harrison Ford has gone on record many a time saying that he loves playing this character. So I feel like that's probably what's drawing him back in to play the character again. Uh, Megan, what did you think about this story? Yeah, honestly, I had compl- as much as I love the Indiana Jones series, it's like I had completely forgotten about it for a bit until uh, this bit of news popped up. And I was like, not like I was counting down the days or anything, <laughs> but yeah. It is what it is. All you can do is go with it and see how it turns out. I was in exactly the same position where I I almost forgot that they had said um, that it was planning on coming out in uh, 2020. Um, so when this news came up, I wasn't sure to be disappointed or not because I, I forgot it was even coming out. Um, but yeah, I think I'm sure that the the reasons for it are because they're changing, changing the writer and obviously um, the... John Kazdan has been working on uh, Solo recently and I'm sure they've all had uh, lots of other things going on so by the sound of it it, it makes sense that they're they're pushing it back and uh, as a fan of the franchise I would prefer that they took their time with it and not rushed it out because I think with this one it's not like Star Wars it's not like they have to hit release dates I think with this one they can take their time make a good film and then come back to it. Um, I've got absolutely no idea what the story might be about, though. I can't fathom at all what it what it would be. Yeah, especially after the last one, it's like weird. I I can't figure out where they would go after that. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Where do you go from the end of the last film? I, I, I think it, they. I don't know whether they back themselves into a corner, and 
or not, but um, I'm I'm sure they'll come up with a good story. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes back for the film as well from the last one. So, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I uh, I think they've made the right decision in pushing it back, and hopefully we'll end up getting a better film because of it. Okay, so quickly on to our next story then uh, is the new Predator trailer. Now, a couple of weeks ago, myself, Phil, and Cat discussed um, the first official. Uh, trailer for the new Predator film. Uh, I think myself and Kat agreed that neither of us were massive fans of the franchise, but it looked like an exciting blockbuster. F- from my point of view, it came across as quite a generic um, alien movie. Um, it, it's just a, a big shoot 'em up, but ov- obviously Phil's a big fan of the franchise. Um, now, Megan, you've mentioned earlier that you're not a big fan. Uh, did you get a chance to see the trailer? Yeah, I was able to watch both of them. And like you said, I'm not really a fan of them because I haven't really seen any of them. But from what I saw in the trailers, yeah, I agree with you. It looks like your standard shoot 'em up like alien action movie. Good for what it is. I can see why people like him are a fan, but it's just not for me. Yeah, um, it really just looks like another creepy alien movie to me. I've never been a huge fan of the franchise. But I do understand why people are. I think the entire movie looks like the last 20 minutes of Independence Day, (laughs) which is a fantastic alien movie. But I just think they seem a little they just seem a little cheesy to me. So I probably it's not something I'm going to run out and see opening night or anything. Yeah, I I. I think the um, the thing that throws me with especially the trailers for these films, because I I like to think it, it's not quite as bad in the actual film, but some of the dialogue in the trailers is it's almost cringeworthy. Um, and I just think that they're very they're selling it to a very specific audience, I feel, that the ones that just want to go in and watch aliens getting blown up, and that's absolutely fine. And that's good for, for what it is. I'm sure it is a good film. Um, but yeah, like like you say, it's it's not one that I'm going to be running out, out to go and see. I'm sure I will see it at some point, but... Um, it's it's not jumping out, and I thought I don't feel like the the second trailer added anything new to the first trailer. I think they kind of made the the bigger predator more obvious in this in this second trailer. But um, yeah, I, I I will see it at some point, but I'm not desperate to. I think sometimes for the trailers for a lot of the alien movies, um, kind of the same genre. They go through and it's almost like they're looking at it like, okay, where's the cheesiest dialogue we could possibly... Okay, that whole scene, let's just make that a trailer. Yeah, basically like they're going down a checklist being like, we have to include this in the trailer, we want to include this in the trailer, we want to include that in the trailer. Yeah. There have been so many lately, so many movies that I'm probably not going to go see in theaters because they told the whole movie in the trailer. It's, it's been a big sticking point and I think... Um, with bigger films nowadays, with the the promotion and marketing of bigger films, it does seem like every in the like few weeks leading up to a film, every other day you're getting another like thirty seconds of footage from the film, and you think when you add it up, I think I watched. It was only recently that I did it. I watched the Force Awakens, all the promotional stuff, and they pieced together in tight in chronological order all the clips that were released before the film and it was something like six, <laughs> 16 minutes worth of film oh my 
my word. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe it, but it was like 16 minutes of footage we had before the film actually came out, and you think that's so much. So I know the film's two hours long or two hours fifteen long, whatever it is. But that is still a huge chunk of film that you're giving away before. And people piece things together so quickly that you do end up telling a large, large chunk of the story. And I think Star Wars, luckily, they're good at hiding things. But there's other films that aren't quite as good at kind of disguising where the story's going. And you almost feel like, especially with this film, you can sort of piece together where it's going to go very quickly. Okay, so I think we'll leave uh, leave Predator there, and I'm sure um, next week when Phil's on, he'll uh, have something to say about that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Um, so the next one is is more for my benefit, I think, uh, than anyone else's. But uh, last year, uh, I think I can quite confidently say that my favourite film of the year was Baby Driver. Um, I just don't remember going to see a film and coming out so excited about <laughs> a film like that in years um just the way it was shot the storyline every absolutely every aspect of that film hooked me from the get-go um and it's it was a year ago this week um that it came out and Edgar Wright tweeted this week um and was sort of hinting that potentially he could maybe get back on the road soon um so we could potentially be having a baby driver too um so I'm obviously very excited about this. Uh, Caitlin, if I go to you, um, did you see Baby Driver in the first place? And are you excited about uh, a potential sequel to it? <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> oh, from the laugh, I thought you. Sh- I thought that meant like you did see it and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but very quickly with just the people that I was around, it developed like a cult following with just like weeks it it people acted like it was a classic when it was still in theaters so um it's definitely one that's been on my list for a while and i can't believe it's already been a year wow um so yeah it it's definitely on on my list to go see um but i know there are already a lot of people excited just by even the uh, the prospect of of having the sequel yeah i think it's it's a very I think it's a dangerous territory to get into with these sort of films because, like you say, I think you're right that a lot of people did come out of this film thinking this is this is a classic. It's a classic <laughs> driving movie, um, and it does. It, I I still think it sits very highly against other movies of that genre, um, and the the soundtrack to it is is what makes it really. It's the the music that goes along with it that is just incredible. Um, but like I say, the, the sequel territory is always dangerous. Do you do you risk um, kind of damaging that legacy of, of what is perceived as a, a great film? Um, or do you want to give more of this character? And I guess it, it comes down to whether Edgar Wright feels like he's got the right story for it or not. Um, Megan, uh, I know that you were... I, I don't know if you actually saw the film or not. No. So, yeah, I think... From my point of view, guys, it's definitely one you need to to go and see. Megan, I know already we are kind of racking up a nice long list of films that you need to <laughs> well, see. Well, well, actually, since last time I saw 
believe it or not, until recently, I haven't even seen either of the Guardians movie, one or two. Well, and oh <laughs> So I saw both of those recently, and the uh, first one, definitely better than the second. I mean, the second was fun and fine for what it was, but yeah, I definitely enjoyed the first more. And then um, another one you guys advised me to see was Black Panther. Watch that one. And yeah, I can see why people loved it and why it got so much hype. Amazing. Yeah, it is now definitely up there amongst one of my favorite Marvel movies. Good. Okay, but now remember, your next one is Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. That is the yeah. next one. I'm, I'm glad that you've caught up with uh, Black Panther, though. And I, you're literally blowing our minds every week, that the fact that you hadn't seen <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy I, until, until I, recently. It's like, I keep wanting to watch these movies, but it's like, life. it's like, I set a day and a time to watch something, but then life comes along at least for me generally last minute like nope you got this other thing to do well we'll 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 just keep adding i think every week another film's going to come up isn't it that we're going to be like you have to go and see this film but yeah i'm with completely with caitlin it's uh it's wonder woman next is on your list yeah that's that's your task for this week megan (laughs) so what this show's giving me homework now absolutely (laughs) (laughs) our next story then is uh horrifically set up uh the spider-man uh sequel title has been released i think tom holland wanted us to think that it was uh an accident um but it was very clearly set up that uh he was releasing this so uh the spider-man sequel is titled spider-man far from home um now we know already that jake gyllenhaal has signed on to play mysterio in this film um, and uh, Kevin Feige has already said that they'll be um, shooting in Europe, and I think it's set to start shooting in London, uh, which will be quite funny because obviously Tom Holland's from London, and then we'll be playing Spider-Man yeah, which as I a tourist in London. You're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he'll he'll be playing a tourist in London, which will be quite quite interesting to see. Um, but other than that, we don't know a lot about the storyline. Um, so. Megan, what have you taken from this title? Uh, basically, not much other than the fact that it seems a complete opposite from Homecoming. Because com- Homecoming, you're coming home. And Far From Home, obviously the complete opposite. So it's like, at least the majority of the film is probably going to take place like overseas in Europe or somewhere that's far away from New York. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's, that's the idea. But I, I can't... Um, can't work out what the uh, the the storyline behind that will be. Uh, Caitlin, what what do you think it might? Well, the first thing that pops into my mind is we don't actually know when the movie is going to take place. Um, it could be before Infinity War, because mm-hmm. Spider Man melted into ash in Infinity War. So we don't know if it's meant to take place before Infinity War, or if we're assuming here's a spoiler that's not really a spoiler and that's in some way they get spider-man back and it does take place after infinity war yeah because i was actually thinking that too when they did that was wait isn't this a spoiler saying he survived or and i mean i feel it it would be kind of stupid just to kill off spider-man because would they still have so much that they wanted to do with his character and they said that when they brought him on so I'm yeah, I mean, it could, go, it could go either way, and it might be labeled as a spoiler. But is it? No, I, I yeah. don't, I don't 
don't feel like it is a spoiler. They they announced way way before Infinity War came out that they were going to do a Spider Man two. Um, so I think people just assume that Spider Man is one of those characters that will get out of Avengers four. Um, so I don't really feel like that's a spoiler. I th- I feel like Avengers four isn't really. Although we will be talking about who will live and die, I think it's more about the journey that gets there to how they're gonna um, like get this situation, get this situation under control with Thanos. Um, yeah, so- and while on topic, what do we think happened to Spider-Man in particular at the end of Infinity War? Are we thinking like alternate dimension, temporarily dead and brought back, or? I I think huh. I think they're gone. I think they are. They're they're dead as it were i think it's the the key to it is going to be time i think um that dr strange um obviously does something and brings them back yeah or i I think ant-man is going to be the key and i think we'll it will get hints to that in ant-man and the wasp when that comes out this week um but that that's my my view on it anyway i feel like ant-man is going to have this uh potential to kind of go through dimensions and and go through time as well so i think that that's going to be uh their way into into avengers 4 with ant-man um but yeah that's that's and that's my thoughts think, uh i i agree i think they're gone i think yeah and i only and i only ask that because at least for me i have a feeling that for spider-man far from home that it'd probably take place after infinity what i'm calling for now infinity war part two Obviously, it could go either way, but from what I'm thinking, just myself. I think yeah. um, I think Marvel have always been quite good at at explaining their timelines. I know that some films have started before and after, but they're normally very good at making it obvious when when films are going to be. Like we we know that Ant Man and the Wasp is set directly before Infinity War. Um, we know that Captain Marvel is going to be set in the '90s. Um, so I think they're, they're normally quite open and obvious about it. So I assume that as soon as we start getting stuff for Avengers four, then we'll start to find out when, when this is set. But I, I tend to agree. I, I can't see it being set anywhere other than post part infinity war part two. Agreed. Um, so again, quite exciting. It'll be, uh, interesting to see, uh, to see where that goes. Our next story, uh, for me and I know, for both of you as well, because we we gushed about this last week. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, uh, the complete fourth season, is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD in pretty much a month to the day, out on July 31st. Um, And it has lots of exciting special features for those of us that that like to get into those sort of things. Um, So there's an exclusive uh, episode uh, called Ghosts of Legends, which talks about the characters uh, Ezra Kanan Hera, Sabine, Zeb, and Chopper. Um, there's audio commentaries from Dave Filoni. There's making of um, documentaries. Uh, there's uh, a documentary about uh, Kevin Kiner and how he scores all of the episodes. Um, so lots and lots to to get stuck into. So it's definitely definitely going to be on my uh, Amazon order list very soon because um, I need to see these special features. Uh, Megan, what do you think about this? Yeah, same here. Definitely going right on Amazon as soon as we're done here. Because, like, I'm not sure what I'm most excited about out of all these. Because, like, the commentaries, I just want to learn more, like, specifically about the Rebels and the characters we have come to love. 
that's like again with Force of Rebellion, which is the the name of the part where Dave it says here what I'm looking at. Uh, Executive producer Dave Filoni shares insights into the Force and its importance across Star Wars saga. It's like that sounds interesting to me, but at the same time, with, with Kevin Kiner, his music, oh, wow, yeah, so, it's like, so I good. just want, I just want this in my hands now, so I can watch and listen to everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Caitlin, you're gonna get it. Uh- Definitely commentaries. Um, anything to me, anything that talks about that widens the Star Wars universe, not just in the way of characters, but in the way of um, uh, belief system, the way the Force works, anything like that, I'm completely up for. Um, because that's one of the most interesting areas to me because it isn't talked about very often. We don't get a lot of insight into the force across all like all of these decades that we now have in the movies and in the comics and the books and the TV series. So the commentaries are really what I go after just because I like to hear people that have helped develop these stories. I want to know what their, their insight is on it because they may have a different uh, perspective on it than I do. And so it's always interesting to me to, to get to listen and read those things um, especially since I'm now doing um, my balance series for Future of the Force, which hopefully my fourth one should be coming out late this week. Um, well, see how that goes. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, but everything that I've looked at so far looks really, really cool. Yeah, yeah, I, can, yeah. I yeah, that it does. It does sound really interesting. I think for me, the one thing I think more than anything that hooked me into Star Wars was the the way that they made it. The, all the practical effects and things like that. I remember when I was really young, I watched a, a video of um, uh, Ben Burt doing the, all the sound engineering um, and how he created the lightsaber sounds and things like that. Um, so I think for me that I love listening to um, the audio commentaries, any audio commentaries on Star Wars, because they talk you through what their inspiration was for particular scenes and they talk about why they've chosen certain shots. And I love things like that. I love the way that they they th- think so meticulously about each individual scene and you don't think when you're watching a 20 minute animated series sometimes you forget that there's so much thought that goes behind each individual scene in that program that I love listening to the audio commentaries because then you you do get a, a just a snippet of what it's like to to be behind the scenes and be- producing these sort of um programs so I think that's that's the most exciting bit for me yeah, that and speaking of sounds and music and stuff, who else is still like anxiously waiting for the release of not just season four music, but also season three? Oh yeah. Cause it's like I swear it's like even as I was watching those seasons, I was like, Okay, come on, come on, I want the music, I want the music. It just it's just somehow so good. And for it to still not be out, it's like, Oh, come on, I want this. Yeah, I think um when they announced John Powell for uh solo I think before they announced that, I just couldn't understand why Kevin Kiner wasn't doing the solo score. I just think he's in the best position out of anyone um, to do a proper Star Wars spin-off score, if not doing the actual saga films as well. I think in the future, potentially, he could be the guy that does that. Um, not that I was at all disappointed when they announced John Powell, because I'm a huge fan 
Um, but I feel like Kevin kind of deserves deserves that opportunity to do a film. So I really hope that in the future. Yeah, because here's my pitch. A movie written and directed by Dave Filoni and music by Kevin Kiner. That, and I'm happy. That's the film. That's the one we want. <laughs> right there. Don't care what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't care what it's about. I don't care what style it's in. Just give it to me. It, it'll be Because the age-old me. Yeah, because the age-old me. Shut up. Take my money. Yeah. <laughs> that puts us perfectly into the next uh, the next segment. Shut up and take my money. Uh, is all the exclusives for San Diego Comic Con, which obviously is coming up uh, at the end of this, uh, at the end of July. Sorry. Um, now, there's a few um, things that Star Wars have released or um, that we know are coming out now. Hasbro have released their sets, so we've got uh, an Afra set, which I'm a huge fan of as well, um, and they've got it in this like old school Kenner packaging and things, which looks amazing. Um, they've also got uh, Han Solo and a Minoc coming out and uh, Kylo Ren and Rey uh, battling on Starkiller Base. Um, these all look very, very cool. And I feel like if, if I had unlimited funds, then they would all be um, on their way to my flat right now. Yes. Um, and the other thing, they've got a, a Cad Bane. Oh, yeah, Funko the Funko Pop. exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually I really like that Funko. The um the colours on there, they've gone for the proper like Clone Wars uh, yellow on black. Um yep. which looks awesome. Uh that definitely out out of all of those things that will is an absolute must for me. Um so that will definitely be heading my way. Um but the other the other really big thing that has got me more excited than any of this, uh, is the Thrawn Alliance's exclusive cover that's going oh, to Yeah. Um, yeah, if Comic-Con. you hadn't brought that, yeah, if you hadn't brought that up, I was going to because it's like, even though I already have that book on pre-order through Amazon, it's like, if I could, I'd go to Comic Con just to get that because that cover. I oh, I've literally sent out messages already to anyone I know that's going to Comic Con, and I'm doing it right now. Um, that anyone going to Comic Con, if you get your hands on one and you can get your hands on an extra copy, I'm prepared to pay silly amounts of money for that copy. Um, <laughs> make that make that two of us yeah. <laughs> uh but just just in general for the storyline the fact that there's young thrawn and anakin skywalker on there just got me so excited like i feel like these guys are going to be best friends and it's going to be amazing yeah because and because um darth vader and thrawn on like the original cover it it's fine it looks good but it's like anakin and thrawn Oh, that just, I can already see the stuff that goes on that's going to go on in the book between those two. Yeah, I think um, we've seen obviously we've seen in, in the Clone Wars that Anakin's got a lot of respect for uh, military leaders. Um, you see it with his relationship with Moff Tarkin in the Clone Wars, um, how much respect he has for him, um, even though obi-wan maybe not so much and you can kind of see where anakin's mentality is there and obviously why darth vader is so successful in the empire um so i think it'll be really interesting to see how he deals with um tarkin uh not tarkin with thrawn uh in this story um i am very very excited about this book yeah for me i can either see them being kind of like not really friends but like i guess colleagues or I can see them butting heads a lot, trying to play like 
whose idea in this situation works better. Who And one of the reasons that makes me think that they wouldn't necessarily butt heads a lot, but they would have disagreeing, no, they would flat out have disagreements, even over the same the same idea, basically, is, remember, he had a fantastic relationship with Tarkin, but he knew him during the Clone Wars. He started gaining respect for him during the Clone Wars, and Tarkin was his superior officer. You'll notice in um, Return of the Jedi, when Vader is choking someone, Tarkin tells him to stop, and he does. Now, one, that is respect, but two, Tarkin was his commanding officer. So I will be interested to see where Vader and Thrawn fall into military ranking and if that plays into their relationship. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see that. I think the the way that I'm looking at it is that obviously they met during the Clone Wars, uh, Thrawn and Anakin, and I think that although Anakin obviously has a lot of respect for Tarkin, I think he will have that similar respect for Thrawn because I think he's going to be one of the ones that will witness Thrawn's rise through the Empire, um, which obviously happens quite rapidly um, if you think about where he was at the end of the the first book um, and where he is in Rebels. I think that uh, whichever whichever way it goes, whoever's in charge in that situation, I feel like he's going to have respect for the way that Thrawn does things because he's so methodical and and has his his idea of what he wants to do um I I don't understand anyone in that universe looking at Thrawn and not having respect for him I think even we even see it in Rebels I think even Hera understands how how good he is at what he does I mean that and he's a giant blue man yeah <laughs> glowing red not eyes that, <laughs> not just that but he's a giant blue man with glowing red eyes in an empire that typically frowns on that type of individual uh-huh yeah which makes it even more impressive in that situation yeah, that, and, that and for him to be ranked as high as he is even like when we see him in um when we see him in rubbles or read about him like in his first book it's like still for him to be the, to rise to that rank. That also that alone says something about him. Definitely, because like he has everything against him, but to still be that rank. Yeah, I think I think that that is that's the one thing that he's got going for him is that the way that he does things. The emperor obviously knows that he does things differently to to their recruits and how they've brought people up through their system, and I think that that's what the empire needed in that situation they needed someone different that can see something in a different way um and he's obviously very successful with it so again can't wait for thrawn alliances and still cannot wait to find out where thrawn and ezra ended up yeah yeah agreed yes so moving on uh to our last point for this week um now we haven't had a chance to talk on the podcast about this yet and although it came out a while ago i think it is it will very quickly creep up on us that um, Star Wars Resistance, we, I, or I just wanted to see what we thought the show might be about, um, what sort of uh, things that we might see in the show, um, or what we, what we want to see from the show. So we, we already know that um, we're going to have a few returning characters, so we're going to have BB-8, Phasma, and uh, Poe in it, so we're going to be in that that era of the resistance um and i think the show is 
set to take place around uh, a, a character called uh, Kazuda Shiono, I think it is. Um, and we've got quite an impressive uh, voice cast for it as well. Um, uh, if I get it up here, I did have it up a second ago. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we've got uh, Josh Brenner, Donald Faison, uh, Bobby Moynihan and Jim Rash along with lots of other characters as well. So it's quite a, quite an impressive voice cast. Um, Megan, what do you think uh, this this might be about, or what, what do you want to see from Star Wars The Resistance? My guess is it'll probably start, let's say, a few years before uh, Force Awakens, and probably like with Rebels, go, go as close to the movie as they can and show as much of the build-up as they can to that. That's basically what, at least what I'm hoping to see from it. Because I love to just see how everything built and came to be the way it was. Thinking about that then, uh, I know that uh, Dave Filoni has come out and said that it, he he loves uh, fighter, fighter or his granddad was a fighter pilot in the army and that he, he loves that sort of uh, um, story and trying to tell stories about the fighter pilots. Um, do you think we're going to see big name characters in this. Now I know Poe is a Poe and Phasma sort of sit on that level, but they're not Leia or they're not Kylo Ren. Do you think we're going to see those sorts of characters in there? Uh, probably not very often. I have a feeling they'd be more like pop-up characters here and there. Just so you have a better sense of like when everything is taking place in the long, like Star Wars history and leading up to the movie. If that's how they go with it. Yeah. Caitlin, what do you think? Yeah, agreed. I don't think we'll see a lot of those big characters. Maybe some cameos. Uh, just like Leia was in Rebels. We saw her for... One two, episode. She, one, only one episode? Okay, she was just I, in the one. Yeah, I could have sworn it was... I might be wrong, but I could have sworn it was just in the one that we actually saw her. Yeah, I trust you. It was, it was yeah. probably just one. Uh, I It'll probably be like that. Now, for the, the show in general... What I'm hoping is that we get ready to go, and then it's the Clone Wars logo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I would die I, laughing if that it, happened. It was all the tease. <laughs> there are so many people out there that probably hate that I harp on that. I don't care. Um, it, I, <laughs> I want them to finish them so bad. Um, but, yes, this is going to be a different show, different style. Um so I'm glad that we're finally filling in this gap, just like we did with the Clone Wars. Um, if you didn't read the books, you had no idea what the Clone Wars were actually about until the animated TV show. And so that's where we are with this now. And re- unless you've read a couple of the filler books, you have no idea what's what's happened in that era. So that there's like 30 years of of things we need filled in. Yeah, I, I think that that's that's why they're telling the story is to try and get that story out to a, a wider audience. I think um, the books in that time period very much focus on on the politics of the whole situation um, and how how Leia deals with that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see from the Resistance point of view how I'm assuming that we might see the f- actual formation of the Resistance or at least how they kind of get everything together in the first place. My only worry for that is that that's starting to sound quite similar to um, Rebels, 
Um, and we're looking at a young recruit going into the resistance and Ezra was a young force wielder, I guess, that's being trained. And I, I can see a lot of parallels between the series and I'm just interested to see how they're going to steer clear of those comparisons and try and keep it fresh and new. Um, yeah, although in that case, how would you feel if there was like one or two pop-up Rebels characters and like just a couple of episodes um <laughs> after talking constantly last week about how much i love these rebel characters and even just then talking about it i feel like this is the one place where i don't need to see a rebels character i don't feel like we need to see um any of them possibly hera i think um yeah since we at least know she survived yeah, through and obviously hera and kana's son um might might have a a role in this to play maybe but um yeah i don't feel like we need to really see any of the uh the ghost crew in there because i feel like like dave filoni said their their story's been told and i know that obviously they have more of a story to be told but i feel like if they're gonna tell ezra and thrawn's story or sabine and ahsoka's story that has to be their story and it has to be their story on their own i don't think you can kind of add that into a, another main storyline i don't think that'll do it justice yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, agreed. This has been long enough of of a, a time gap now. Now we don't know where in that time gap we're actually going to be dropped into. It could be just a few years in. It could be ten years in. Um, so I, I'll be interested at what we see, and I'll be interested if we see any force wielders because again, we don't know when we're being dropped into uh, the universe. So it's very possible that Luke's Jedi Academy is still a thing at this point. So I wonder if that will come into play at all. I I, I think we might get um, a few roundups. Like like you say, we might have a, a, a pop-up. I think we might have a... Every now and then might get a Force wielder that then gets sent off to Luke's Jedi Academy and you might see very quick glimpses of, of what that might be. Um, but yeah, it will so be they... interesting. Yeah, so basically, unlike in, obviously, Clone Wars and then Rebels, they won't be, like, the quote-unquote stars of the show. They'll be more, like, not really background things, but enough for you to notice. Yeah. I think I I love the way that they dealt with Jedi in the Clone Wars because it was the Clone Wars, and although most of the, the missions got led by Jedis, the amount of episodes where Jedis are insignificant to the story, there's so many of them. Um, mm -hmm. And I love those stories because I just think that it, it's a crutch that they fall on a little bit too much that they have to rely on Jedis to to save the galaxy. Um, and actually, I love those stories where it is just normal people, like Rogue One. It's just normal people doing their jobs. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's like the Force can be talked about and stuff like that. But again, I agree with what you were saying, how it's kind of like become... A crutch, or I guess you could say a deus ex machina. If you're stuck for an ending, throw in a Jedi. Let them save the day. Yeah. Or or if your Justice League, bring Superman back. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we, shouldn't, oh. we shouldn't get started on that one, because I'll... <laughs> no, we'd be here all day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's it, the time period that it's due to be set in, I would like to think that there are jedi about that 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 academy is is currently going um 
so I'd like to think that we would see a few Jedi and every now and then we do get a Jedi centric episode that would be nice to see um, but again I think our characters will be best served if they're not around all the time and that they, they can be the ones to, to shine in the story um, I think going into Rebels I had no idea what to expect and I was a little bit sceptical about whether I was going to enjoy that story or not and like I said last week I got hooked very quickly I want the same to happen with this um, I'm a little bit sceptical about what the story's going to be like and I hope that very quickly as I'm sure with most Dave Filoni things that has happened in the past that I will get sucked into this story very quickly yeah it's like I'm hoping for the same but for a different reason because for me I'm not much for anime I mean I'll admit I watched Pokemon growing up as a kid but outside of that anime is just not my thing so it's like with Dave Filoni rating it same thing I'm hoping I'm able to quickly look past that and just enjoy the show yeah i'm exactly the same um anime is just not usually my style of of cartoon but since it's dave filoni and the team basically the entire team from the clone wars and rebels you'd obviously be stupid not to give it a try um i'm a little bit worried that like you said sam that it's just going to be a, a little repeat of rebels because it is kind of along the same lines. It's a different resistance. When the name itself first came out, I'm like, didn't we just finish this series? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That was my reaction, too, was Rebels Resistance. Um, I get why they named it that, but at the same time, it's like, okay, your show. Name it what you want. Yeah, they, they maybe could have been more creative, and I was on the same, same page as you, Caitlin, that uh, it was Rebels and the Resistance two words for the same thing really isn't it it's the same as first order and the empire they they stand for the the same things really um within that universe anyway and i think that that is the danger that they're going to tread or rehash uh ground that they've already covered i think obviously the the piloting side of things is obviously the pull for dave filoni it sounds like that's the pull for dave filoni and i hope that that is something that really shines through and uh, i'm exactly the same with the animation i've never been interested in any anime any sort of but then to be fair i had never really thought about 3d animated shows and things before the clone wars i rem i still remember when uh the clone wars film came out i was my my little brother was the perfect age for that film because i th he must have been six or seven when the clone wars film came out and he loved it and I had to keep telling them, I was like, this doesn't count towards the Star Wars story. It doesn't count, because in my mind, it didn't count. Um, so I think you can you can easily be persuaded to to get involved in these things. And I think, like we've discussed with Rebels and everything else, it's, it's not about what it is. It's about the story. Um, and I feel like Rebels could have fit live action, 2D animation, 3D animation. It wouldn't have mattered because the story was so good that whatever it was, it was going to suck us into it. To be yeah. fair, um, to be fair, I do believe that most of us don't think that the Clone Wars movie counted. <laughs> 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 if that's what got, if if the Clone Wars movie is what got you hooked on cartoons, we need to have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was the show. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but I anyway, about the style. Of one last thing about the style, it's like, who would have expected, like, an anime style from Star Wars? Because, at least to me, it doesn't seem like the two would mix, but, again, with Dave Filoni, 
I'm at least wanting to give it a chance. Um, I don't know. Do you know what? I'm that, could very... just be, that could just be me, though, but... Uh, there was... Uh, I'm very quickly searching for it now. There was um, an animated short that someone put together. I found it here on um, on YouTube. You, I don't know if you've seen this before, but it's called TIE Fighter, um, and it's a Star Wars anime short film, and some guys put together um, this. It's a very short uh, film that he made, uh, but in an anime style of this guy in a TIE Fighter, um, and it looks incredible. Um, so if you're you're not sold on maybe the style, and I'm not not saying that this is the exact style that it's going to be, go and find that on YouTube and give it a watch because it is incredible. Um, and I'm hoping that possibly if the the style is anything like that, um, I think I'm going to love it. I think I remember seeing either parts of that or at least like some promos, quick promo stuff for Resistance, like. A while ago think back when they first announced this yeah but i tried searching for it before we recorded this and i couldn't find it but like i said i could have sworn i remember seeing something like star wars anime style yeah yeah i don't think it's obviously not a, an official star wars thing i think it's just some an independent guy that's decided to to make it but um yeah if, it, if it's anything like that it will be very very cool i'll um i'll post a link on our Twitter in a second uh, to it because it is a, it's a very good watch. Um, right, so I think that's that's us done done for another episode. That seemed to go very quickly today. Um, we didn't have anything we were overly passionate about. No, yeah. not too not too bad this week. I think um, give us after episode one of Resistance and we'll end up talking for hours about it, won't we? oh yeah we'll be dissecting that for a while we're, i think it's it's more that we're not passionate yet <laughs> it yeah. will it will come very quickly but once again thanks uh thanks for joining me uh this week um megan where can people find you online uh they can find me on twitter at is writing tired and caitlin you can find me at force knowledge capital s capital k and uh you can find me at sam pp thomas on twitter and obviously you can find all of our work on uh, at www.thefutureoftheforce.com or Future OT Force on uh, Twitter. And obviously you can follow our podcast at Fandom Force Pod on Twitter. Um, so we will see you next week.